How do we know that Telogies was not superior in character to Socrates? For it is not enough that Socrates died a more noble death, and disputed more skillfully with the sophists, and spent the night in the cold with more endurance, and that when he was bid to arrest Leon of Salamis, he considered it more noble to refuse, and that he walked in a swaggering way in the streets, though, as to this one fact, one doubts if it was true. But we ought to inquire what kind of a soul it was that Socrates possessed, and if he was able to be content with being just towards men and reverent towards the gods, neither idly vexed on account of men's villainy, nor yet making himself a slave to any man's ignorance, nor receiving as strange anything that fell to his share, nor enduring it as intolerable, nor allowing his understanding to be affected by the ills of the miserable flesh. Nature has so mingled the intelligence with the composition of the body as to have allowed you the power of self-determination and of bringing under subjection all that is your own. It is very possible to be godlike and to be recognized as such by no one. Always bear this in mind, and also that very little indeed is necessary for a happy life. And because you have despaired of becoming a dialectician and skilled in the knowledge of nature, do not for this reason renounce the hope of being both free and modest and social and obedient to God. It is in your power to live free from all compulsion and in the greatest tranquility of mind, even if all the world cry out against you as much as they choose, and even if wild beasts tear you limb from limb. For what hinders the mind in the midst of all this from being tranquil in truly judging all surrounding things and readily using the material presented to it, so that the judgment may say to the thing which falls under its observation, This you are in reality, though in the opinion of men you may appear to be of a different kind. And use may say to opportunity, You are the thing I was seeking, for whatever presents itself is material for virtue, both rational and political, and, in a word, for the exercise of art, which belongs to man or God. Everything which happens has a relationship either to God or man, and is neither new nor difficult to handle, but familiar and fit matter to work on. The perfection of moral character consists in this, in passing every day as the last, and in being neither violently excited, nor torpid, nor hypocritical. The immortal gods are not vexed because they must tolerate men as they are, and so many of them bad. Still, they take care of them in all ways. But you, who are destined to end so soon, are you weary of enduring the bad, and this too, when you are one of them? It is a ridiculous thing for a man not to fly from his own wickedness, which is indeed possible, but to fly from other men's wickedness which is impossible. Whatever the rational and social faculty finds to be neither reasonable nor social, 
it correctly judges to be inferior to itself. When you have done a good act and another has received it, why do you still want something more, as fools do, either to have the credit for a good act or the recompense? No one tires of receiving what is useful, but it is useful to act according to nature. Do not then tire of receiving what is useful by doing what is useful to others. The nature of the all moved to make a world of order. Either everything that takes place follows by way of consequence, or the movements are governed by no rational principle. If you remember this, it will make you more tranquil in many things. 8. This may help to keep you from vainglory, that you cannot claim to have lived the whole of your life, or even from your youth upward as a philosopher, but both to others and to yourself it is plain that you are far from philosophy. You have fallen into confusion then, so that it is no longer easy for you to get the reputation of a philosopher. If then you have truly seen what the facts are, never mind what others think of you, and be content to live the rest of your life as nature wills. Observe then what it wills, and let nothing else distract you, for you have experienced many wanderings without having found happiness anywhere. Where is happiness then? In doing what man's nature requires. How then shall a man do this? By having principles from which come his affections and his acts. What principles? Those which relate to good and bad, the belief that there is nothing good for man which does not make him just, temperate, manly, free, and that there is nothing bad which does not produce opposite results. Of every action ask yourself, What does this mean to me? Shall I repent it? A little time, and I am dead, and all is gone. What more do I seek, if what I am now doing is the work of an intelligent and social being, and one who is under the same law with God? Alexander, and Caesar, and Pompey, what are they in comparison with Diogenes, and Heraclitus, and Socrates? For the latter were acquainted with things, and their causes, and their matter, and the ruling principles of these men were the same. But as to the former, how much foresight did they have, and to how many things were they slaves? Remember that men will go on doing the 